Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. Hey, in Luke 23, we find these words. It was about noon and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon for the sun stopped shining. This took place on Good Friday. Just a few weeks ago, we celebrated Good Friday and then we celebrated Easter and the resurrection of Jesus. But when Christ died on the cross, darkness was everywhere. Now, why would I remind you of that is because Jesus Christ is the light of the world. And in the middle of what we're facing right now, frustration levels are high, anger is up, weariness is up, people are discouraged. Some people's pantries are full while other people don't have much in their pantry. Some people have gas tanks that are full. Other people can't afford to fill their gas tanks. We have all of this going on in front of us. And we're not sure what the future holds, but we do know who holds the future. Let me share with you what I believe is the heart of God. It is the heart of God to bring light into the darkest places and the darkest circumstances and the darkest moments of our lives. If you don't hear me say much more today, please grab a hold of that. That the darkest moments, the darkest places and spaces, the darkest circumstances in our lives. It's the heart of God to bring us his light. If you have a Bible, you could open to the first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and 2 says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. A few weeks ago, we saw that. Elohim, this God who was and is and always will be. This God of the universe, this God who is the creator, created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and empty, and there's the word. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. Everything was dark. You see, before God creates something beautiful, before God brings light into our darkness, there's chaos. We see it in Genesis chapter 1, and and yet for us now, we see God's light all around us. Boy, the way that people are caring for their neighbors, we see the light of Christ. Uh, Somebody recently shared with me that uh, they had always said to their friends, I'm praying for you. But one of the messages recently where I said, how about instead of say, I'm praying for you, ask somebody, how can I pray for you? And then ask them as you end that phone call, can I pray for you now? I know other people who are sharing with their neighbors. Some people have downloaded on our landing page at mylefc.com that little form where you bring it to a neighbor, you put it on their door, uh, and it says, hello, my name is, and if you need anything, let me know. As a gentleman in our church who went not only on his block, but one block over and one block over the other way, and passed those out to the most at-risk and vulnerable uh, people in his neighborhood. And several of them have commented, yeah, I need somebody to get groceries for me. I'm not aware of food distribution in the community. They were able to contact us at the church and find out where they could receive food. And the list goes on and on of people who are finding ways to be light in the darkness. We'll talk more about that in, the moment, in a moment. You know, a lot of people have said this, when can we get back to normal? And I said a few weeks ago, and I'm going to say it again, God forbid we go back to normal. 
What was normal? For some, it was lukewarm Christianity. For some, it was really never opening the pages of their Bible. For some, it was rarely darkening the doorway of a church. For others, it was hardly praying at all. And for many, for many, it was a lack of care for their neighbors. But now people are caring like never before, praying for our leaders like never before. Back in this Genesis 1, it says that the earth was, was, was dark. It was formless. It didn't have the beauty that it needed without the light. And in the Hebrew, we have this phrase, tuhu vavohu. Why don't you say it? Tuhu vavohu. Tuhu vavohu. Not, not tofu, but tuhu vavohu. It literally means confusion, chaos. Things are topsy-turvy, swirling, disoriented darkness. Some of us feel that way even now in, in pandemic. Tuhu vavohu. I don't know how many of you are dealing with economic darkness. I know some of you are. Some are dealing with emotional darkness and anger and uncertainty and depression. Some of us are zoomed out. We've been online for work or even at LFC, we're doing Zoom group meetings. You know, somebody sent me this picture of the Last Supper, the Lord's Table, and it's a Zoom meeting. I thought it was chuckle. It was worth a chuckle or two, so maybe you'll get a chuckle out of it as well. But there is not only Zoom meetings and using uh, you know, FaceTime and such, but there's a, a relational darkness. There's a physical darkness for some. There's a spiritual darkness for others. But do you know since March 11th, some of the top Google searches have been God, prayer, the gospel. You see, people are hungry for God and not even sure they know how hungry they are. The God who is with us, the God who is for us. In Genesis 1-2, it says, now the earth was formless and empty and darkness Tuhu vavohu was over the surface of the deep. But catch this. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Hmm. Things were confusing, chaotic and dark. But the Spirit of God was hovering and waiting. I, I believe that the Spirit of God is hovering over your life right now. He's hovering over not just America, but the country's of the world. It's that same God who said, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son. Don't just see God as the God of America, but see God as the God of the world, the God of the universe. And he's hovering today over what? His creation? Well, of course. But he's hovering over humanity. He's hovering over all of us. I felt his hovering. In the last few weeks, not, not that I don't seek God often, but the last few weeks, I've really been pressing into his presence more, being more intentional about my daily devotions, being more intentional about praying and interceding for you, for our community, and for our world. And I've sensed the presence of God. Why? Because he's hovering. And for the Christian, he's hovering in our hearts He's with us, the same God that 
raised Jesus from the dead, dwells inside of us. In verse 3 and 4 of Genesis 1, God said, let there be light. So the Holy Spirit's hovering, then God speaks, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. We saw him as Elohim. We saw him as Jehovah Rapha, the healer. We saw him as Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. And today I want to see him as the God who is our light. Jesus said in John 8 verse 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You see, that's the heart and the intention of God, that we would have the the light of Christ, that we would have the light and the life that Jesus Christ can bring us. I am the light of the world, he declares. When did he say this? He said this during the festival of lights. As he stands in the synagogue, behind him is the huge menorah. They would light the candles. They would celebrate the fact that that God was their light. And Jesus stands up, not with darkness as his backdrop. That would be magnificent. But he stands up with the strongest, highest lumens that there could be, the candelabra. And he says, I'm the light of the world. Not man-made light, not artificial light, not some kind of light that you can fabricate for your soul that won't last, but a light that's eternal, a light that is supernatural. John Piper said that Jesus' being the, the light of the world means the world has no other light than him. If there is going to be light for the world, it will be Jesus. It is Jesus or darkness. There is no third alternative. There is no other light. It means, therefore, that all the world and everyone in it needs Jesus as their light. The world was created by God and needed God's light. We were created by God and we need God's light. We were made for the light of God to illuminate our soul, to live inside of us, to shine through us to illuminate our path. Jesus being the light of the world means that that one day this world will be filled with this light as the waters cover the sea and all the darkness and all the works of darkness and all the sons of darkness will be cast out. Jesus speaks about darkness, the outer darkness, the the, the place of, of, of hell being the outer darkness. If you're a student of the Word, you might want to write down Matthew 8, verse 12, Matthew 22, verse 13, Matthew 25, verse 30. Let me give those to you again. 8, 12, 22, 13, and 25, 30. Because in that day, all will be light. Jesus, the radiance of the Father, will fill the world with everything, and it will be beautiful with the light of Christ. But for now... Jesus offers his light to all of us, that if we follow him now, he will give us his light. When his light comes, he'll reveal you and and me of any darkness in our lives. He will reveal sin. He will reveal all that is beautiful and righteous. He will allow the word of God that was breathed by God to, 
to illuminate our path. Nothing will be the same again if you have Jesus as your light and you try not to embrace the darkness again. Everything looks different in the light and everything looks different as Jesus Christ as our light. In John chapter 12, verse 35 and 36, it says, whoever walks in the dark does not know where they are going. Ever walked in the dark? Ever stubbed your toe in the night? Ever known that there was a table there in the living room? But when it was dark, you forgot or couldn't see it or navigate it or the end of the couch? Ever tried to walk in the dark or drive in the dark or ride a bike in the dark? Everything is different. But whoever walks in the dark doesn't know where they are going. But here's what Jesus goes on to say. Believe in the light while you have the light so that you can become children of light. That's the calling of God, that we would be children of the light, that we would be the children of the Most High God, that tuhu vavohu would be over, that chaos and darkness would end. Jesus says, I am the light. And God spoke those words at darkness. Let there be light. Much like when the stone was rolled away, darkness had overshadowed the earth. Darkness had overshadowed the disciples who are locked away for fear of their lives, living in darkness. But man, when that earth shook, and when the light of Christ came, everything changed. John chapter 1, verse 4 and 5 speaks about Jesus, and it says, In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. You see, darkness can't overcome the light of Christ. No more than sin can overcome the grace of God. The Bible says so clearly that where sin grows and abounds, grace does much more grow and abound. It's limitless. The mercy of God, the grace of God, the forgiveness of God, and the light of God. The first thing I want you to see is that God's light is at work in the dark. Even when you don't know that he's working, he's working. We've sung the song before, Waymaker. He never stops. He never stops working, and his light never stops shining. Just because it is dark maybe where you are right now or dark in your heart because of chaos and confusion, God would speak, let there be light. We should hear him with our spiritual ears saying, let there be light and there is light. You know, a seed gets planted in the ground and the dirt covers the seed. But then all of a sudden, the purpose of the seed that God put inside that seed comes to fruition. And that plant pops through, either to become a beautiful flower or, or some salad with some dressing on it for us to partake of. You see, God has a purpose and a plan for you and for me. And even though darkness may cover us, even in this season, God wants to speak light and life and health and wholeness and purpose to you. Don't lose your purpose. And don't stop believing in the transforming work of God. Like when a caterpillar becomes a butterfly. How beautiful is that? Now, I'm not saying caterpillars aren't beautiful, but man, there's something spectacular 
about the butterfly and its beauty and its ability to fly and its ability to, to, to pollinate other plants and flowers. It's living out its purpose because of the metamorphosis or the radical transformation that it goes through. God specializes in transformation. God specializes in reconciliation. God specializes in restoration and bringing light into our darkness. Psalm 18, 28, what a great declaration. You, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. How about you say that wherever you are? My, my God turns my darkness into light. What a great prayer. You could take this verse and put it into a prayer. You, oh God, would you keep my lamp burning? Make it personal. You, God, you turn my darkness into light. Let your light shine. And the second thing is that God sends us to shine the light in the darkness. As I said earlier, so many people are doing great things for the Lord. People are reaching out to friends and family members and neighbors. And I had somebody share with me, a lady in our church, that she didn't really know the neighbor across the street until the pandemic started. Oh, they would wave at each other as they would drive into their garages. They would wave at each other. They'd pull the trash cans out. But she said, I never, ever spoke. And one day, standing in the middle of the street with social distancing, they began to tell each other their story about their life and their background. It's too much to tell now. But what an amazing story how she began to be the light of Christ to this neighbor who shared about her loneliness and her fatigue in these days. And now there's someone who's a part of our church that's filled with the light of Christ, able to share with her neighbor. Millions of stories like this. God sends us to shine. Matthew 5, 14 to 16, you are the light of the world. That's you. Now, now wait a minute. Jesus is the light of the world. Remember, he stood up and said that in front of the menorah. The scripture declares over and over again, he's the light of the world. But now Jesus says it to us. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. By the way, everyone in the house, your love and your light and your grace and your mercy need to shine first and foremost to people in your house, and even if you're single, people that you are most connected with. That becomes your house, your most important relationships. So husbands, that's your wives. Wives, that's your husbands. Kids, that's your brothers and sisters and cousins and nieces and nephews and tios and tias. And your, I mean, just that's where it starts first. And then from there, it moves out. The light shines. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Yeah, let your light shine so people can pat you on the back and give you a brass plaque or a thank you card. No, 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 no that people would stop and glorify God in heaven. How do people glorify God in heaven? Ah, they come to know Christ. So Jesus is saying that through our light shining, that becomes the greatest tool of evangelism, where people then get one step closer to Jesus, and pretty soon they too glorify God in heaven. They glorify God because, hey, those people down there are doing great works. No, 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 no. 
They glorify God because they recognize the source of our light is God. The source of our grace and mercy is God. The source of our goodness is God. So Jesus' tag, you're it. You're the light of the world. And the third thing, Jesus invites you to follow him as your light in the darkness. He invites you to follow him. God is, is making us stronger right now. God's making our church stronger right now. The pressure is working things out in us and bringing some deep-seated feelings to the surface in many of us. Have you noticed? Yeah. Things that were inside of us now because of the pressure are coming out. And someone said, is that a good thing? I said, yeah, it is. Because when it comes out, we give it to the Lord. We, we, we lay it down and we pray it up. And God's able to change us from the inside out to make us reflect his light all the more. John 8, 12 again, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That's what I want for you. Wherever you are, whatever's going on in your world, especially those of you who have never given your life to Christ before. John 8, 12 says, whoever follows me. Who, whoever follows me. Well, you're a whoever, and I'm a whoever. And we all live in whoeverville or whoseville. No, no, no. We're, we're, we're whoever's. Whosoever will may come to me, the Bible says. And Jesus told us in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.